Lord God, you are holy. Lord, there are people in this room and people under the sound of my voice who know exactly what that means and who sang it from their hearts. Lord, you are holy. Lord, help us these clay pots that you've poured your spirit into. Help us, Lord, to do what you've called us to do. So in this moment, Lord, I believe without any form of piety and trying to sound, Lord, help me to pray, not for them, but to you. Lord, not to impress others, but Lord, help me to make utterances by your Spirit. Father, for all of us to truly stand in the gap for each other, and Lord, for those who can't be here today because they're sick. Father, to our brother Terry, Sister Jody, their whole house, Lord, we pray that you would bless them, that you would bring healing to that household. And Lord, for any others that you've put in our atmosphere, and those in this um, in, in this room, those who are listening, those who are watching, Lord, those you, you've brought people to our minds and to our hearts that need a healing touch. Lord, we pray that you would touch them in their physical bodies, but more importantly, Lord, that you would heal them spiritually. Father, if there's any lack in their life spiritually, we pray, Lord, that you would supernaturally touch them. Lord, that they would have um, everything that they need spiritually. In Jesus' name, Lord, we stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters. We bind our faith together. In Jesus' name, Lord. Father, for those who have to work, even on a day like this, Father, I pray that you would bring them somehow, some way that they would be in your presence, even as they're working, Lord. Let them be in an attitude of prayer. Let the visitation of your Holy Spirit be with them. Father, let them be somehow, some way, blessed by your presence so that they may go from one glory to another, even though they can't be gathered with the saints who love them. They can't be gathered with their family in Christ. Lord, bless them. Bless them. Father, to all of our brothers and our sisters, to, to the house, church, in in Pennsylvania, Father, to our brothers and sisters in, Phil in, uh, in the Philippines, Father, for all those who are part of this congregation digitally, Father, we reach out, we, we bind our faith, and we ask, Lord, that you do signs, wonders, and miracles among us. Lord, not because that would help us to believe, but, Father, because we do believe. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be in the rest of this service, Lord. Lead, guide, and direct all that's done and said. And let us know you more, but Father, let us be known by you because of what happens here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. So, my brothers and sisters, thank you for being seated. Before I uh, get started with the message, uh, I want to just uh, mention to you, this Wednesday we'll be having a, a, another special service. Again, um, uh, back a while ago, we talked about and have um, opened the doors and started the uh, ministry to the less fortunate. Uh, we used to call it back on 5th Street, the care and share. I'm not sure what we're going to call it right now, but I guess what we call it is not really important except that it helps someone who's uh, you know, not so eloquent like me to give it a name and to be able to talk about it. And so care and share or whatever we choose to name it, and that we started the pantry and many of you donated. But what I've noticed is 
it's being deplete. So we're taking stuff out of the pantry, but it's not being um, restored as quickly uh, as I would like to see it. So if God is moving on your heart, I pray that you would do so. Remember the list that we've published, uh, things that we're storing in here. We're, we're going to pick up more shelves probably this week. But anyway, what I want, I, I had another meeting with uh, Brother Eddie from Helping Rock, and, and he'll be with us on Wednesday as well. We're bringing this thing forward, he and I, uh, and all who are involved. But you know, we're in need of, of, of leadership, and right now, uh, Jody, Brother, uh, Brother uh, Terry and, and Sister Jody are going to help with leadership, but we need volunteers, and we need people, because I, here's what I've noticed, and I've said this before, and for those of you here, I, I appreciate you, I really do, I love you, but, and so don't take this as um, I'm trying to condemn people in this room or in any way trying to complain or rebuke people in this room, but here's what happens, it's just a human thing. Whenever we announce things, whenever we do things, everybody's all gung-ho about it, but then it kind of fizzles. And then it always ends up being the same small group of people always doing the work. And, and it's, it's tiresome, it's weary. I've told you all from the beginning, and many of you had, we're all, you know, up, you know right up in there, yeah, we're going to, we want to do this and all this, but I told you, it's not my calling. I'm, equip, I'm, I'm called to equip you. Michelle and I can't be in the middle of this all the time and be in the middle of all this stuff. And there are certain other individuals who volunteer all the time for everything. So I'm, I'm asking you, if that was on your heart, if, if God has led you, and, and whether you're not here today or not, or, or, or whatever it is, if you know that God has laid that on your heart, I'm asking you, if at all possible, uh, in any capacity, if you're just going to be one of those who supplies uh, some of the substance, if you're going to be one who's going to be uh, praying about it, if you, if you regard that ministry in any way, please be here on Wednesday if you can. I know we're working and it's, uh, we're all so busy and we have so many things to do, but if it's possible, please be here on Wednesday. Uh, because I think, uh, number one, you'll learn something about where we are. Number two, we want to hear, I, Pastor Eddie and I want to hear back from you as to my, you know, some ideas that you may have, but then also this education process. Because we're not just going to be handing out food and handing out things and enabling people. We truly are, are trying to help people get from where they are to where God wants them to be, not where we want them to be. We're not trying to make them members of Heart of Worship Church. We're trying to make them members of the body of Christ. And if there are some of our brothers and sisters who are, who, who are suffering need, then they need to be able to come to us, their brothers and sisters, and not go to the government. Come on. See, it, I know these things aren't popular. It should be popular among us, though. Amen? Okay. So please, I'm, I'm asking you very kindly, sincerely, Pastor Shepherd, if you could be here on Wednesday, please be here. It's, it's important, okay? Okay, have I, have I begged you su sufficiently? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I just need to pray again. Lord, you know my weakness. You know my frailties. You know everything about me. Lord, I'm begging you to touch me now supernaturally so that I could say what you want to be said. Lord, so that your word is ministered. Lord, so that hearers are blessed by your presence. Hearers are blessed by your truth. Lord, a truth that can totally change. Lord, let your will be done. Let your purpose, let everything that you have called to order, let it be done in Jesus' name, despite me.
In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to start a scripture in Second Timothy. And you'll know if you'll notice, I am the good shepherd, that one that I gave you out of John 10, 14. I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my sheep. Very important. So now likewise, in Second Timothy uh, chapter 2, first part of verse 19, it says this. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. The Lord knows those who are His. Wait a minute. I thought the Lord knew everything. Yeah, but this is speaking about relationship. This is speaking something deep. This is speaking something different. Uh, for those of us who have been studying together, 1 Corinthians, uh, this is uh, where we started our, our next chapter in chapter 8 last uh, Wednesday. Uh, ver- uh, 8, beginning in verse 1. Now, concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So those of us who were together, I mean, we went over that. So those of you who were here, you see, remember now, in this particular epistle, the Lord through the Apostle Paul is speaking to this church at Corinth. They've become um, sectarianists in that they follow different leaders and they were hearing different things. And at the same time, because they were getting this knowledge and they were getting all of these teachers teaching them these things, they were beginning to get puffed up. They were beginning to get spiritually prideful. And, the, and they were still allowing sin in the church. So, um, and they also had questions. And there were, some of the questions were because there were so many of these different teachings and things of that nature coming forth. So we know that they sent a letter to Paul Paul had already heard some things, but they also sent a letter to Paul asking him some questions. So we as a group on Wednesdays, as we've been studying this, we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And now, and again, I could see the American church and the church at Corinth like so prominently, so easily seen. Amen? So, so now remember, he's saying, now uh, concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. So we all know something. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So, so, listen, if we're not careful, the spiritual knowledge we have may make us a little bit haughty. And even the scripture warns us about, you know, some people thinking that there's something they're not. Amen? But love, seeing things, acting in love, builds up. Amen? And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing that is he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. If anyone loves God, this one is known by him, him God. See, so, so right there, there's one of the major requirements. Do you love God? Because if you love God, then he knows you. And love according to, listen, according to what he says love is, not according to what we say love is. Are, are you there? Amen? Okay, so be with, bear with me a little bit. I'm, I'm giving some foundation here. Now also in Galatians chapter 4 beginning in verse 8, We read, But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, see, this is speaking of something different. Not this this knowledge, and and you, you think you know God. See what the apostle is saying here to the church at Galatia. He's saying, no, but rather you are known by God. How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly items to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. So now, give some context. I'm going to read to you, please. 
bear with me. Again, bear with me. I'm going to read to you about uh, how yeah, basically Paul started this letter to give context, okay? Remember, he, he introduces himself at the beginning of the letter. He introduces himself. When you get down to verse 6, here's what he says. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. See, context. Here's what's happened. Paul went, he, he, he evangelized, he, he started the church at Galatia. He's not there, and now there are other things that are being preached and taught. Now we know, because many of us have studied and read, and we understand, part of it is that you have the Judaizers, you have the Christians, or the people who think they're Christians, and they're trying to say that you have to follow the law as well. Right? But, but also, remember what he's saying, this, this was Galatia, though, this is, this is pagan. This, this is not like a Jewish state. This, this, they were mostly pagan. So I want to bring your attention back to verse 8. Verse 8. But then indeed when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. Addie, thank you for leaving that up there. You serve by nature which are not God. Talking about idols. Talking about idols, right? Come on. But then at the end, he says you observe days and months and seasons and years. So now that's talking about religious stuff. That's talking now about the Judaism that's trying to be brought into the church. Are you there? So you have a couple of different things. So to me, as I'm looking at it, I'm looking at both ends of the spectrum. You have the, the believers. Uh, he's, he's using that kind of as a, as a for instance. Now, not saying that you all became pagans again. No, he's saying you like pagans. See, you, you worshipped stuff before that was nothing. Now you're, you're, you're being religious and you're putting a lot of zisbumba into these holidays, these rules, these religious things. And then by doing so, you're, you're forgetting about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. And you're forgetting you can't be saved by doing things. Right? So it's just the same. So, so you see the, the parallel that he's drawing here. Amen? So I'm not saying that in this room or anyone under the sound of my voice, although I have heard that there have been Christians who you know, have totally um, gone uh, <laughs> to the point that they think that they have to keep certain laws and rules in order, you know, all of a sudden they've decided to eat pork. Now, if you've decided just you want to eat pork because you've decided that it's not healthy for you, by all means. But if you think that that makes you closer to God because it's in the, it's in the law, it's, it's not. Right? If you think that if you don't eat shellfish or you don't eat certain foods, that that's going to make you holy, then Jesus died for nothing. Okay, so now, but that's happening even now. But I'm going to tell you something even worse. See, that's been brought into the church in some aspects of church life, the Judaism or following certain things. But anything that's religious, anybody that says, if you don't do this or if you do this this way, you're going to hell. Uh-uh. Here's what I'm saying. You've got to follow Jesus. You've got to love God with all your heart, with everything you've got. You follow Jesus, and you don't have to worry about the don't do's or the do do's. Just follow Him. Amen? And you don't have to worry. But here's, here's the thing. I'm more concerned with the paganism, with the, with the idols that have been brought into the church. 
Okay? You've heard me say it dozens of times, and if the Lord doesn't shut my mouth, I'm going to continue to say it. We have to be careful, even in this church or any church that says that they're preaching the truth. We have to be careful. Do you know, I love especially the last song that we sang. We sang that to the Lord. Uh, you know, we have gr great volunteers up here singing. We have volunteers working the sound and all of this other thing, which is awesome. But my brothers and sisters, there are churches that are filled today because there, are, there is a lot of entertainment that's going on. That's idol worship. See, I know that sounds bad. Y'all, you're, Tony, you're going off the deep end. You're getting a little extreme. No, that's, we want to be entertained or we, we want to feel good. Then what happens is, my brothers and sisters, we make it all about us. And even people in my position have made it all about, you know, I, I'm going to stir the masses. I'm going to put on a show for them. That's how I'm going to get them to come. Listen, if it's not based on truth by the Holy Spirit, it's not going to matter anyway. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that some of you understand. So here's the thing. I'm singing to Him because it's not about me. It's about Him. And I, and I say, well, I, I, I know Him. You know, I, I'm, I'm, see, I, I went to this and I know Him. No, see, the important part is, does He know you? Does He know you? Well, God knows everybody. God knows everything. No, no, no. Is He in relationship with you? Amen? So Matthew 7 Verse 22. Everybody knows this passage. 7.22 Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who have practiced lawlessness. Did you hear that? I never knew you. Depart from me. You're practicing lawlessness. I want to say so much. See, knowing Him, a lot of us think that we know Him because we have a knowledge of the Word. And, we're, but, and, and even these, these folks, we're getting a picture here. I, I want to go back to it. Thank you, Addie, for leaving that up. Have we not prophesied in your name? Haven't we spoke divine utterances in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? So listen, before my, my view was that could possibly happen, even though the, the Jesus didn't know him, but well, then how did it happen? Well, maybe it happened because somebody else had faith. I don't know. Or maybe the enemy of our soul allowed certain false signs and wonders to happen so that people would follow. Let me ask you something. Aren't there many, many times... I, Lord, help me. I've been at churches and I've been at, in places or I've heard other people say, oh my, did you hear what that... Oh my, that was divine. I've been in a church when Michelle and I and our, and our children were looking for a church when we were in Carolina. We went to a church. It was full gospel and all that. And we sat there and there was, we were trying to visit all these churches to decide where the Lord wants us to go. And so we went to this church twice. And I've told you about this before, some of you. So we went to this church. The second time we went back and we're trying to figure this out. And, there was this, and the spirit was flowing and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, someone who was, I think they were part of the praise team or whatever, they started to prophesy. And what they said absolutely, positively did not line up with Scripture. 
positively. And then the pastor got up there. I'm thinking, okay, he's going to correct us. And he didn't. He praised the Lord. Michelle looked at me. I mean, just simultaneously. Her head and my head went like this. Out the door. But now there are so many people in that place that are saying, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. God, God is speaking. You see what I'm saying? Haven't we prophesied in your name? You may be doing that, in, in, but, but it's not his heart. It's your heart. Okay, so I'm not trying to foo-foo on anybody or anything like that. I'm not saying anything personal. Oh, but by the way, that church, that pastor was caught in adultery not too much longer after that. Just saying. My brothers and my sisters, that could have happened. But, but notice what it says. You know what? No matter what good or... No, I never knew you. Depart from me. You're working lawlessness. I didn't even know you. I think of how many prosperity preachers and teachers right now that are going to have to stand before God and give an account. Not listen, not just for the false doctrine, but then also for all of the all of the money that they took. Uh, you know, listen under a false doctrine. I, I don't want listen. I don't wish anybody. I hope they all repent before. I mean, truly repent before they get there. But man, I would not want to be in their shoes. I, listen, I'm trembling before God. Are you with me? Okay. So now, but I, I got it. It's not. It's not just who I think I know. Does he know me? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I'm known by my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I'm known by my own. But the Lord knows those my brothers and sisters who are his. Does he know you? Does he know you? See, I, I, I told this story a while ago, and I, I'm going to, I'm not protecting the names to, uh, I'm not you know, changing the names to protect the innocent here. I just can't remember all the names. The story was told to me when I was a kid. And if my cousin in the church at the ha house knows probably the same story. I can't remember if my father told me this or one of his brothers. If, if it was one of his brothers, it had to be Uncle Joe. So, you know, and, they, and I just know that, you know, when they were younger, they all hung out together and they drove down the shore, Jersey Shore. Yeah, I know, we're all... Drove to the Jersey Shore and... Um, but they all had... One of the folks that they hung around with had a cousin who was a state trooper. I can't remember his name. It was Italian. I'm just going to call him Joe Fafandone. Okay, so Joe Faf for sure. Joey Faf. So they knew Joey Fafandone. So now one of the guys is driving and he's speeding down the Garden State Parkway to get to the Jersey Shore. Gets pulled over by a state trooper. Okay, so now he's going to use the state trooper's name, Joe Fafandone. He's going to use that name to try to get out of this ticket. So the state trooper is standing there and, hey, uh, uh, you know, I know, I, I know Joe Fafandone. Hey, you do? You know Joe Fafandone? Yeah. Yeah, how do you know him? Well, you know, blah, 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 this and that, and he's giving them a smile. I know him. Really? Yeah. I'm Joe Fafandone. <laughs> really happened. True story. I know him. Do you? How do you know him? I'm him. I don't know you. Right? 
See, my brothers and sisters, that's what's important. See, there are many of us, many of us, and I don't ever want to be in any part or parcel. I, I know Jesus, and I know He knows me, but in any area of my life, I don't want to separate myself or, or have Him have any reason to say, no, that's not me. Let me. Come on, I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit in any way. Are you with me? Okay, so now, so I'll tell you something else. So many of you know actually what I do to make money, my, what my profession is. So we, me, when Michelle and I and our children uh, came down here for this project up over at Lake Javita, um, one of the things was, I mean, the, uh, one of the design consultants on our original golf course was Tom Lehman, a PGA professional, British Open winner. He was uh, really a popular guy on the PGA Tour. Still is, but now he's on the Seniors Tour. He's getting old like the rest of us. Anyway, he's on the Seniors Tour right now. And in fact, I mean, we, ha we, we had a, a, a lot of good times. He's also a brother in the Lord. So we had a lot of good conversations and things of that nature while he was making site visits to tweak the golf course as we were building it and blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, and, and he has a daughter. His daughter. One of his daughters, his name is Rachel. So Rachel got to meet him. And you know, everything, it was just a really good experience. I was, I was very happy, both from a professional standpoint. It was kind of an honor to go ahead and, and, and you know, do a golf course, with, build a golf course and have him be a part of it and together with me. But then also the fact that he's a brother in the Lord. And one time he took one of his pastors down, made a site visit, and we were walking the course together with his pastor. Awesome, awesome experience in every way. Had sat down with him and just a genuine man, that, just a genuine guy. And just really, uh, he carried the, the, the Bible in his back pocket. Um, I mean, he always made time, like anybody on the golf course, any worker, any laborer, anybody that came up to him, wanted him to sign something, he was always very, very accommodating, never standoffish, never snooty, or, you know, hey, always good. Really loved uh, working with him. So now, a lot of the, my fellow professionals, the other folks that are in my profession, it was, hey, did you, hey, did you ever meet him? Yeah. I mean, he was out there. He made at least six site visits. He called me up a couple of times before we were opening. Then when he came out there for the grand opening, we had a blast. It was great to be around, blah, blah. Really? You know him? Yeah, yeah, I know him. Okay, and I could tell him some of the similar things that I've told you. So I was working the tournament out of TPC Tampa Bay. One of my good friends, who's a great agronomist, was the superintendent at that time. And they used to have the Seniors Tour event out there. I think it was a Seniors Tour. I can't remember. It was a professional golf tournament. I was working with him during that event. And so what we would do as a, as a staff, we'd go in, get the golf course ready, do some things, then get out of the way, let them do their thing. When they were done, as the sun was going down, we'd go back out, do our thing, so on and so forth. That's how it's worked. I'm not trying to bore you, but stay with me, please. Stay with me. So the one day we were through with our work, and so one of my uh, fellow superintendents, uh, we were walking around, and we came to the practice green. And there was Tom Lehman and his caddy. You know, they were um, practicing, getting ready, and, and so on and so forth. So I, I got up to the rope. I didn't, hey, I just said hello. I wanted to say hello. So I said hello. He came up to the rope, and he starts talking to me and everything. And I say, hey, how's, how's your daughter Rachel? Yeah, yeah. He start talking about his church and all this other stuff. And we start talking and just going on. And so now the other superintendent was with me. After we walked away, he started walking. He said, man, he really knows you. Is that tracking? See, he already knew that I knew him, or at least he knew what I said. But now, when I'm at the rope, and there's other people at the rope, and he comes over and he starts talking to me, now, this, it changed his perspective. He knows you. 
So it's not me saying, I know him, here's some stories, here's this, everything that I just bored you with just a moment ago. This is actually him coming and talking to me in person. Are you with me? See, that's the way this thing is, my brothers and sisters. It's not just about what knowledge that I can, and what I can bring as far as memorizing Scripture. Is that important? Every bit of it is important. Do you know Him? Does He know you? Does He know you? Hallelujah. He knows everything. But how can we be sure? How do we really know if He knows us? So I'm going to go back now to uh, 2 Timothy 2.19 where we started. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So there's the first thing. What's iniquity? Any unrighteousness, anything evil. So, So you see what he's saying? The Lord knows who are His. And one of the marks of those who are His is they've departed from iniquity. Oh, who didn't know that? Who didn't know that? Well, basically we, we all know that. See, Tony, I thought you said it's not about the don't do's. It's not. But we can't become so comfortable. We, listen, we have a great example of this. And even though it's Old Testament, it's still a great example. King Solomon. Did God visit him? Yes, he did. And God said, name it. It's yours. And he prayed a great prayer to God. He asked God for just the right thing. So God made him rich and wealthy, but God said, don't honor anything else besides me. Right? Did he do that? No. See, my brothers and sisters, there's a principle here. Even, listen, even his father, who was a man after God's own heart, he sinned, and God had to visit him by the prophet and say, it was you. He tells a story about, remember, about the lamb that was killed? They, right, when Nathan tells him everything that he tells him about this story, and then David says, he's indignant. Who is this person? I'm going to find him, I'm going to kill him. He needs to be put to death. Right? Isn't that what he said? Come on, you guys that know the story. Amen. And then what does Nathan said? It's you. And remember what David did? Read Psalm 51. David broke down. And David begged God, don't take your spirit, renew a right spirit in me. Right? Come on. God, did God know him? Yeah. God knew him enough to say, fix this. So now look, yeah, but that's Old Testament, Tony. I'm glad you brought that up because remember the lame man at the pool of Bethesda? Remember Jesus said, hey, do you want to be healed? He says, yeah, how can I be? Because, you know, every time the angel stirs the water, somebody beats me to the water, I can never be... Jesus said, and Jesus healed him. And so remember, that man is so happy, and then he's confronted by the Pharisees and everybody. What happened? You know, by that, then, then later on, Jesus sees him, and he has a conversation with him. I'm going to read to you. In John 5, 14, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you've been made well. But listen to what he says. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. What? Yeah, but that's just because Jesus hadn't died yet. Please, spare me. This is the principle. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. See, here's why I'm bringing this up, my brothers. I really believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and is nudging me, and I want to, maybe he's just nudging me for me, but maybe I'm not the only one. Listen, 
you have an experience, many in this room and certainly listening or watching, you've had a supernatural experience. I mean, either you've had a healing in your physical body or you've just been born again and you know because the Spirit of the Lord is bore witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. And that's supernatural. That can't be done in the natural. It's not a feeling. It's supernatural. So maybe you've had a supernatural experience. But just like this lame man, you've had a, he had a supernatural experience. And Jesus is saying, now it's imperative, it's important. You know who the healer is. You know how this came about. So don't sin anymore. Come on. This is a very basic principle. So how are one of the things that I know, that I know that He knows me, is because I'm no longer practicing sin. And by the way, I don't need to practice. I was pretty good at it before I came to Him. And you know, you're laughing and I'm saying, no, that's true. I'm, I, I can be, there's still that in this body, in this flesh. But thank God, Jesus has delivered me from this corrupt body. I'm, I no longer have to be controlled by this body. Even the mind that was corrupted is being changed. Right? Hallelujah. See, some of you get that. Some of you get it. So Nahum, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good. Who didn't know that? A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. This is the hardest thing for many of us, especially when you're a type A like me. No, no, no. I mean it. I know people in this room that have a hard time trusting in the Lord. I know. You know why? Because we are used to doing things with our hands. We're so used to, we're driven. If you want to get things done, you've got to do it this way. I'm gonna, and we trust in our own skills and our ability. We trust in, the own, in our own intestinal fortitude to get things done. Am I right or what? Yes. We're going to trust in, and we're going to trust in something else. Many, many people trust in the government. Many people trust in family members. Many people trust in, you know what? This is very plain. He knows those who trust in Him. Does He know you? Do you trust Him? Come on. See, easy to say, but are our actions proving that we trust Him? Oh, I trust Him, Tony. Oh, I trust Him. Really? I was put to the test, and I've shared this with you many times. I was put to the test when I lost. I was only fired from one job in my entire life. And I, know, I knew, and it wasn't because the product wasn't good. I refuse to bow. Let me just say it that way. So, so watch. And the Lord shared, the Lord nudged my heart way before it happened. And I told you guys, when I was bringing people out to see the product, they were, wow, oh my gosh, just, they were, this is beautiful. Yeah, I'm about to be fired. No way. Yeah. They couldn't believe it. Just, are you kidding? Yeah. But God told me, God told me that my faith, I was going my trust in him had to be tested. I always, from the time that I was this high, I was preached at by that one, you better go ahead and do right. You better go ahead. You're going to have a family that you're going to provide for someday. You better make sure you do right. Amen? And that wasn't a bad thing. That was a good thing. Amen? Hallelujah. My family has not done without, but I had to be reminded who really the provider is. It's not me. It's Him. Are you with me? Trust in Him. Amen? Trust in Him. 
Hallelujah. So look, and it's easy for us to trust him in certain areas, right? And, and I'm having to learn more areas that I need to trust him with. Are you there? Man, it took me, uh, you know, a, a while to, to trust him with my children. And now even more to trust him with my grandchildren. And, and I don't mean that Addie ugly in any way, okay? I, I mean, I, I love my kids, my grandkids, just as many of you do. And you don't want to see any hurt or harm come to them, especially in this wicked, wicked and cruel world where they're being lied to. So I have to trust in Him to take care of them. There are scriptures that I, that I know I can stand on. But my brothers and sisters, if I'm standing on a scripture, then I need to listen, just not stand on that scripture, claim that scripture, and forget about the rest of them. Because that's what we have the tendency to do. Amen. I'm going to hang on to this one. This is, my, this is my life scripture. Great. This is my life scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 How do you know if He knows you? Man, don't walk in iniquity. Are you still having problems with the same old sins? Are you still compromising and doing things that you kind of have a feeling that aren't right, but you're doing them anyway? Come on. Because, oh, grace, He loves you. Mm-hmm. Are you trusting Him? And I want, to, I want to give something else to you. Now, you all are going to be very familiar with this. I'm going to do a lot of reading, so please pay attention. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 25, and eventually we'll look at a scripture together, okay? Matthew 25, beginning in verse 1. This is about the ten virgins. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise, five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. You know what, that just hit me. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with them to, to the wedding, and the door was shut. Yes. So look at verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Why? Just because... See, we got to know what the lamp and the oil is because that's significant. Isn't that right? That's the whole key to this story. But then also, what I chuckled about a moment ago, I just saw this and it just came to my heart when it says, no, lest there should not be enough for us, but go rather to those who sell and buy from them. I want to tell you something. We already know, my brothers and sisters, <clears throat> the lamp. Thy word, Psalm 119.105, thy word is, is a lamp unto to my feet and a light unto my path. So we know that the lamp involves somehow the Word of God. Has to. Amen? The truth. It's not just the Word. It's the truth. He, listen, He gives us the truth. One truth. Only one truth. And that's, listen, His Word reveals the truth to us. Amen? Oil in the lamp is significant. Remember, oil is significant. Of anointing, this con they consecrated stuff in the Old Testament. Stuff, the the... Oh, the utensils and things like that. A lot of stuff was consecrated by the oil, 
Remember, if you look at think Numbers, Deuteronomy, when you look that up, there, there was a lot of things that were anointed by oil. Uh, when someone was called to ministry, anointed by oil, right? There was an anointing on them. This means that they were set apart, consecrated for a certain thing, right? Okay? And so, but it's, it's a Holy Spirit. It's, it's also significant of the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Okay, what does all that mean? God from the beginning, the Second Thessalonians 2.13, God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. You're set apart by the truth and by Holy Spirit. See, so now let's go back to the virgins. This lamp obviously represents this, the truth and the Holy Spirit and this consecration by the Holy Spirit. Amen? But so now look, this is what hit me. Go, in, go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. There's a lot of people in pulpits selling a lot of things. So there's a lot of people who think that their vessel is full. Jesus don't know them. Jesus don't know them. Amen? See, my brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to be mean or cruel, but we have to know this. I don't want anybody who's ever listened to me or anyone who could, who could replay me and then not know the truth so that when they're standing before God, they know the truth. It's too late. This, look it, it was too late. We don't have enough oil. So, so what is that saying? We, listen, we need a large enough supply to hang on until He either splits the sky and comes and gets us or He takes, calls us out of our own bodies. Are you with me? We need a, we need a large enough supply. We need to make sure we're, we're doing that. We need to, so how do we do that? Glad you asked. And it's not anything that you don't already know. How does this happen? How do I have this supply, this Word and the Spirit? Because it has to be the Word and the Spirit. Right? So watch. In Ephesians chapter 5 and in Colossians chapter 3. I think I gave you a, cons a comparison. So, and, and I apologize if this bothers your eyes, but I color-coded it to make it easier for us. Because this was brought to my attention and I want to bring it to yours. In Ephesians 5, we're all familiar with it, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. But you know the word dissipation? Unsaved, uncontrolled. You just, when you're drunk with wine, you, you, don't, you don't have control. Right? But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what, church at Ephesus, church at Colossae, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Be filled with the Spirit. Wait a minute. He told the church at Ephesus, be filled with the Spirit. Now he's telling the church at Colossae, be filled with the word. You see that word richly? If you do a word study, that thing is going to be like copious. It's just, be just filled a, a, an abundant amount. Copious. There's another, there are other synonyms. Uh, there, there are other synonyms. Hold on. Old lips. Amen? Which could be overfilled. So if you look at let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and then you be filled. And that word filled, we know, means replete. Be in the process of being filled. Overfilling. Amen? So it's saying being overfilled with the Spirit, constantly in a state, being overfilled with the Word. Well, which is it, Paul? Both. Because you cannot be filled with the Word without the Spirit. And you cannot be filled with the Spirit without the Word. 
See, we have both extremes in the church, in different denominations, different things, put so much emphasis. Listen, I, I, I was uh, raised in a church that was so much emphasis on the Spirit that sometimes it was more important than the Word. So that if someone was having an experience, you know, oh, that was awesome, that was the thing, and that was the proof that this is uh, the truth. Because if someone could speak in tongues, or if someone was slain in the Spirit, it really happened. Please. Please. No. No. If I don't know the word, if I don't know about the word, if not, I'm not living according to the word that I do know, forget about being slain in the spirit and all this stuff. I could be overtaken by, by an emotion. Are, are you with me? I see, I'm not trying to make fun. I'm not, man, I love those. I love the fact that God has blessed me, blessed us, blessed many of us with truly, the, listen, manifestations of the spirit. And in Corinthians, he says that you should look for these things. Come on. That's scriptural. I heard recently a man of God said, well, that's, that was only apostolic. No, it's not. These signs shall follow those who believe. I believe. Do you believe? Okay. So my brothers and sisters, this is for us. But look at what it says. You have to have both. You can't have one without the other. So look, you're being filled with the Spirit. Let the Word of Christ being filled with the Word and all wisdom teaching. Look at what it says. And when this happens... You're speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians. In psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. See, again, I want to go back. Singing to who? No, 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 no. That can't be right. No. The songs that we sing in the modern church, it's more about how do I feel, where I am, what I... Mm. I'm not saying that all of those songs are not good, they're not holy. No, it's good. A lot of it's just good, it's good, and I can relate to it, and sometimes it makes me bow my head and think, and I can relate, and it makes me cry out to God. But I have to cry out to God. Amen. I can't sing about my misery. I can't continue to sing about how bad I am, and nothing changes. I have to sing about, God, you can change this. God, this is making me realize where I am. And I and yeah, and right now I'm I'm getting a lump in my throat. There are many of those songs, even from the past, some of the old songs, even some of the new songs, which are I mean, they'll break me down. Right? And they cause me then to cry out to God because there's something about that song that truly is grounded in the scripture. And if it's truth, come on, if it's truth and it causes something to happen on that spirit, the spirit man inside of me now is being convicted and now my soul is crying out to God. Come on, that's valid, that's good. But when I'm not going to come to a church service and offer those as sacrifices to Him, when I come to the church service and I'm around my brothers and sisters, we're singing melodies, making melodies in our heart, and we're singing hymns, we're singing to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glad I got that off my chest. Okay. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do you see that? But one spoke specifically of being filled with the Word and doing these things. The other one spoke specifically about being filled with the Spirit and doing these things. Contradiction. No! They're working together. Isn't that right? Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus, my words are spirit and they are life. It's not a big mystery. Isn't that right? Man, see the way I figured this out? Aren't I smart? Aren't I a genius? I'm a genius! Are you kidding me? 
No. See, this is the thing, my brothers and sisters. I don't have to be a genius. God is laying it out for me. So let me ask you again. Does he know you? Right. Those, 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 those five virgins had a problem. Why? They weren't hanging on to the word and the spirit to the end. Let us not grow weary, Galatians 6, 9, in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I'm talking to somebody right now, either in this room or listening or watching. It's, man, you're getting weary. You've been praying. You've prayed a lot. Man, your kids aren't responding. The, the spout, the same old stuff. The job, this, whatever it is. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep filling yourself with the Spirit and His Word. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And if you're doing it according to His Word, my brother, my sister, whoever you are, He will deliver. He will. He knows you. He knows you. Just doesn't know of you. Doesn't, just doesn't know your situation. He knows you. You're His sheep. He doesn't want you to be destroyed. He doesn't want you to have sorrow in your heart continuously. Amen? Amen? He put this little goomba in the way to tell you otherwise. My brothers, my sisters, somebody needs to hear that. Get a hold of it. Maybe it's me. Get a hold of it and hang on to it, man. Hang on to it. So keep filling yourself with the Word and with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, remember where we were back in um, Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And done many works, wonders, I'm sorry, in your name. And when I, when I declare, then, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who worked in practice lawlessness or worked iniquity in King James. My brothers and sisters, why am I bringing that up again? Because there's a, there's a people that he is looking at right there who are claiming this, and he's saying, depart from me. I never even knew you, right? But I want to bring your attention to something else in Matthew 25. I'm going to read to you. Please, 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 just listen to me. There's not going to be any on the screen. Addie, you could just leave that up there the, other, the rest of the way. So please listen to me. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31. And this is where we'll end today. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave Me food. I was thirsty, you gave Me to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison or, and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did this unto the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. Amen. So look, Look at the contrast here. Now, let, let this, before we get too far, I don't want anybody doctrinally. This is, this is speaking of those probably um, the nations or the people that blessed Israel during the Great Tribulation. 
right? Israel's going to be on the run. Jews are going to be on the run. And there's going to be some people in those uh, other nations and other places that are going to hide and, and, and care for them. So I think that, has a, that, that is a major thing because it's talking about when Jesus comes for his kingdom. It's not talking about the rapture. Amen? Okay, but regardless, it's speaking to something here. So I'm drawing the contrast here. So think of these two groups. The one group that says, hey, haven't we done all these marvelous, haven't we cast out demons and all these marvelous, wondrous works in your name? Depart from me, you who are, I never knew you. So they're claiming to know Jesus. They're claiming to have done these things in Jesus' name. Then you have this other group, this other group, who only out of the passion and grace in their hearts have taken in and cared for others. Come on. They're not doing it to impress God. Do you see this? They're doing this out of the kindness, graciousness, out of the love and compassion from their hearts. Come on. When did we do that to you, Lord? Do you see the contrast? Man, we've done all of these marvelous works in your name. We've done this. We've done that. We've done the other. And whoa, look at what we've done. Uh, I never knew you. These people, he knows. He knows. Does he know you? Does he know you? Stand with me, please. I've got more. We'll save it for another day. My brothers and my sisters, listen. Think. Think. Meditate on his word. If, hey, listen, if you're not sure, you can be sure. Jesus told us very specifically in his word what it looks like. Here's uh, something I want to throw at you. In, in our small congregation, we have opportunity for uh, anybody and everybody. And, and some folks are taking it and flying. They're doing things in areas... So, I've got to be honest with you. That's why in this area with the, the Karen share with the pantry and, and this feeding the homeless, uh, it's, 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 I mean, we have opportunity. And it looks like we're not taking full advantage of it. I'm not, I'm not saying to anybody, and I don't want anybody to be misled or misgiven. If you volunteer at the church, whether it's for the Karen share, whether it's for media, whether it's for praise team, no matter what it is, ch children's care, that doesn't make you a saint. That doesn't make you holy. Right? What makes you holy is the intention of your heart behind that. If you're trying to impress me or Jesus just to impress because of what you could... No. If you're doing it because you have a heart for children. If you're doing it because you know that that is really needed. Media. If you're doing it because, hey, we, somebody needs to help because we know that when we're singing a praise as a congregation to the Lord, God inhabits the praises of His people. See, that's what makes the difference. If you're just going through the motions because, well, somebody needs to do it. Or if you're like Deacon Steve, you know, cleaning the church, singing, doing all of this stuff. If he's just doing it because he's trying to earn favor with God, which I know he's not, it's not going to work. Because then you just become like those others. Lord, haven't I done this in your name? Haven't I done this? All this look at all this I did for you. You did it for yourself. Amen. How about the stuff that you know, you're just doing because you know it needs to be done. Period. That's it. Which a lot of people in this church do. Amen.
So we're, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying this to lay it on your heart. You need a volunteer. You need to, no. Just in your quiet time, in your prayerful consideration of what God is speaking, if he's pricked your heart, then do what they did in Acts 2. What must we do? Don't ask me. Jesus, what must I do? Amen? I want you, I want to be known by you, Jesus. I don't want to just know you. I, I want to have a relationship with you. I just don't want to know about you. I want to be known by you. Amen? Amen? Does anybody, is anybody here with me? Come on, anybody? So, so Lord, here we are. In your sight. Hearing your word. And Lord, I know that you're here. I know you're here. Because you said that where two or more are gathered in your name, you're right there. And Lord, you said that in context of prayer. So Lord, I know that you're hearing this prayer. And I know that there's, there are people in this room who you know. And I know that there are people watching and listening who you know. But Lord, not only, Father, do we want to be known by you, we want to know more about you. We want to be more like you. So Lord, whatever we need to know from this message, from your word, Lord, please, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, not feelings, Lord, not something that we can just uh, get a warm and fuzzy over, not something that causes the chill bumps on the back of our and the hair on the back of our neck. No, Lord, real. We want what's real. We want truth. Thank you for speaking truth to us, Lord. And so now, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, let us realize this truth in our lives and let us execute it according to your great will. Lord, if there are any iniquities that we're regarding, Jesus, reveal that to us. Lord, if there be any person under the sound of my voice, Lord, that knows that there's this conflict of conscience that they're having, Father, let them cry out to you like they've never cried out before. Hallelujah. Heal them, Lord, spiritually. Heal them. And Lord, if there's any under the sound of my voice who have thought they knew you, but now is having, they're having second thoughts. Lord, in Jesus' name, lead them to the foot of the cross under full repentance. Let them cry out to you like they've never cried out to you before. Lord, I know you will meet them there. And let them be born again. Lord, in your great name, I pray these prayers. And I know, Lord, that it's your will that none should be lost. So, Lord, we pray this prayer according to your will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Listen, God bless you all. I'd love to, this. I know we just prayed a, a solemn prayer. I know it was heard. But I want to tell you, rejoice. Rejoice. Be thankful. Even if you're in the middle of a bad spot right now. Even if you're hurting in your body, be thankful. You, no matter if you're hurting in your body, you got a bad report from the doctor. No matter what the situation is. Listen, financially, whatever it is, whatever it is, this is not make-believe, click your heels. No, it's what he says. It's truth from his word. So look, 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 look. Put your focus and your intention on him and give thanks to him in the name of the Lord. Something will happen. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great week. See you Wednesday, please.